investing in property makes sense. Investing in the right property takes knowledge. Welcome to the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. I'm Jared McCabe, Director of Wakeland Property Advisory. Join me for expert insights into the fundamentals, trends and opportunities to help you create long-term wealth through smart property decisions. Hi everyone and thank you for joining me for episode 6 of the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. So today I wanted to take a look at the considerations for purchases when looking to buy a heritage home. Now obviously owning a piece of Victoria's heritage can be extremely rewarding, um, but it does add an extra layer of consideration and responsibility to purchasing decisions that buyers will be looking at. Heritage buildings are, are quite often recognised as having historical or cultural significance by a government, whether that be local, state or federal. And as such, there are certain obligations and restrictions that buyers must agree to when purchasing the property to ensure that they preserve the structure and aesthetic appeal for the future. Now, it does pay to know, obviously, the pros and cons of owning a heritage property before going down the purchasing path. So firstly, I would suggest to check the type of heritage description the property falls under. So is it within those three government areas, so council, state or national? Um, and you can look this up at the uh, Heritage Victoria website, heritage.vic.gov.au. Um, and it's important to understand the difference between a heritage overlay and a heritage listed property. Quite regularly, I'll have conversations with uh, prospective clients or existing clients, and they'll make a comment along the lines of, oh, the property that I'm looking at is heritage listed. Um, now, 99.9 times out of 100, that will actually be a heritage overlay, not a heritage listing. So. What we'll do today is go through the, the differences of the two um, and what some of the considerations are if you are looking at one of those types of properties to purchase. So let's look firstly at a heritage listed property. Now, heritage listed properties are considerably rarer and of greater significance uh, to a, uh, as a property and therefore the owner's regulations are far more stringent. Heritage listed properties uh, typically include buildings like say Mel the Melbourne Town Hall uh, or the Melbourne's, the CBD, sorry, Royal Arcade and Turak House. So they're clearly not, in this instance, your typical residential buildings, but there are others that are far more modest structures, but still have cultural heritage significance to the state. Um, so buildings like 228 Domain Road in South Yarra. Now this is a single story concrete brick house, and it was designed by a prominent local architect back in 1964. That architect was Neil Clarahan. Uh, and there's also a building in Wormsley, uh, known as Wormsley House, sorry, in Parkville, and that's an example of thousands of the thousands of prefabricated iron and timber buildings that were imported to Victoria following the first gold rushes of 1851. And that's a really good example of that style of property, and as such, is heritage listed. So it's obviously far more uh, than just the size and stature of the building to make it or to qualify it as a heritage listing. Now, I'll give you the definition of a heritage overlay shortly as well, but on the other hand, it, it, these are far more common, um, and in turn, the, the owner's rules and regulations are far less stringent, albeit they are still important and they need to be understood, and there are certainly some fairly significant ramifications if they're not complied with. So a heritage overlay, the definition is that it seeks to conserve and enhance places of natural and cultural significance and ensure new development does not adversely affect the significance of the heritage place. So heritage overlay may protect just one element, um, such as an individual building or structure, or a number of elements, such as a group of houses or street or trees in a street. So as that says, a heritage overlay can be over a single house, but it could also be over an entire streetscape or over the whole suburb um, or even a township in regional Victoria. 
So heritage overlays are typically looking at things like paint controls, so the front facade and making sure that they might have heritage color schemes to them. It could be about internal alteration controls, so the structure or the size, the layout of a building. Or it could be about tree controls in, in terms of having a really consistent streetscape and, and some very attractive gardens and, and mature trees that need to be looked after and protected as well. So let's have a look at some of the considerations to make when a heritage home is on the agenda for, as a purchase. So if you're looking at something that is heritage listed, um, you, my opinion, and this is what I would advise to any client who is considering this, you really have to have a passion for period homes and most likely a passion for that particular property itself and really enjoy the history of, the, of looking, up, looking into them, researching uh, and have a real feel for the style um, that that property offers and what you envisage it should be um, to comply with uh, re rules and regulations. So if the property isn't going to need or is likely to need work at some stage, you also will need to have the financial capacity and ability to upgrade that property in keeping with the era that it's come from. So obtaining um, or having purpose-built fixtures and fittings for renovating a home of, of heritage listing can be quite expensive and you are going to need to comply with um, Heritage Victoria's requirements. Uh, so it's not a matter of just going down to the hardware store and picking up light fittings and window frames and kitchenware and things. You're going to have to really research it and then have the time to spend with Heritage Victoria consultants to make sure that it complies. So you probably also want to understand, if possible, before purchasing, what Heritage Victoria's expectations would be for that property. So what are likely to be the do's and don'ts with that property, what you're likely to be able to do, and what there might be might be frowned upon. And you also probably need to understand if there's been works carried out by previous owners that they have complied with Heritage Victoria's requirements. Otherwise, the onus may fall back on you uh, to, to rectify those 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 changes. Um, as, with, as always with a, a property purchase, but particularly a, a period home, a building and pest inspection is, in, is essential before purchasing. And the other thing that may not have been a consideration but is really important, particularly with heritage listed properties, is check the finance restrictions. Um, a lender may well put some extra criteria on or the, the LVR that you had expected to be able to go to may be reduced if a property is heritage listed. It may not be, but it's absolutely worth asking the question before going down the purchasing side of things. And also looking at the insurance premiums because they may be greater on a heritage listed property. On a positive side of things, um, if you uh, are looking to restore a heritage house, certainly have the conversation with Heritage Victoria because there may well be financial support available through grants programs that they do offer. Okay, so let's have a look at a heritage overlay. Now this is a far more common um, type of heritage uh, impact on a property um, and the, the controls are far less um, stringent. And a lot of properties in, particularly in inner city Melbourne, are subject to some form of heritage overlay. So it's just important in the first instance to understand what the, what the extent of those controls are. Um, and a good thing to do is just have a look at the surrounding development. Is it subject to the same overlay? So is this overlay uh, generic for the area or is it specific to this property? And if it is generic, you'll get a good feel for uh, neighboring properties as to whether or not they've been able to do extensions, um, first floor, and, and what the setbacks and things are like. So that can give you a really good starting point. 
But it's important to understand also what the council's preference for extensions and renovations of homes within the overlay are. And they do differ from, uh, from location to location, whether that's to do with the, that particular overlay or whether it's council to council. But it's things like, um, does the council prefer a clear distinction of where the period home ends and where the modern home commences? Sometimes they like to have a really clear understanding that the extension at the back is a modern extension on the back of a period style home. But others um, would prefer that the extension matches completely in with the period style of dwelling. So just understand where what, what's required or what's expected. Now, the other thing is, could you still do what you want to do within the control? So you may be wanting to have a brand new home, but perhaps you could keep the front facade and, and do a build a brand new home behind it. You see that quite regularly in uh, suburbs like Albert Park and Middle Park, where the front facade of a, a single fronted cottage or terrace house has been retained, but everything behind it um, has been built brand new. So it may still en uh, enable you to build or live in the type of home that you want, but just retaining a period fa uh, period facade to do that. Um, the other thing that I would suggest, this is now getting onto covering both um, heritage listed and heritage overlay pr um, properties, but local communities um, are quite often very passionate about heritage buildings, uh, whether they be heritage listed or heritage overlays. And there's a number of prominent cases in the media over, over recent years that, that should be considered. So obviously the, uh, the Corkman Irish pub that was, um, was splashed well and truly across the news for very good reason, in Carlton that was. Now that building was knocked over without any appropriate permits carried out um, or applied for and the development developers have suffered very significant consequences for that. There were hundreds of thousands of dollars in fines and they also suffered jail time as well. Um, and as a result, the government, the state government has now uh, introduced earlier this year legislation to parliament that, um, which will suggest in future if something like this was to occur that nothing could be built on that site for a, uh, a period of up to 10 years. Now, that's going to have significant consequences um, on any developer who doesn't follow uh, the appropriate um, planning regulations. The interesting thing with the Corkman pub was that it was actually a, um, it was only under heritage overlay, not heritage listed, and these were still the significant consequences that occurred for the developer. Um, the other one which actually came across just this week is the uh, National Trust classified and listed Florence Court down in Brighton, which is a uh, residential dwelling. Uh, there was recently been an application, planning application put forward to partially demolish um, a section of the house and add a first floor extension as well. And this sparked a number of protests outside the home. Um, now, the thing to bear in mind here is that my understanding is the owner has gone about things in the appropriate manner and, and gone down the, uh, the path of of applications and things, but there is a lot of passion there and it's something that prospective buyers for heritage homes need to be aware of that they may well get some uh, objecting to their planned works or changes. Um, now let's have a look at this week's story or practical example. Um, we had a client come to us a number of years ago who was looking to utilize our vendor advisory service. They'd um, previously purchased a uh, pretty little 1930s Californian bungalow dwelling in Melbourne's eastern suburbs. Uh, that was done on their own without our assistance and it was in fairly modest condition. No work had been done since purchase um, and it was probably purchased a number three, two or three years prior to um, us looking to sell it again. Um, they unfortunately purchased it without doing too much research into um, what could and couldn't be done to it. Uh, they'd noticed 
they'd walked around the streets and seen there'd been some fairly significant extensions done to similar type dwellings. Um, but they'd also looked at some of the surrounding streets and seen that there'd been some brand new architecturally designed um, dwellings constructed on them as well. So they sat back and thought that that would be what they would like to do and that they assumed that they would be able to, to build their dream home on this site. Unfortunately, what they didn't realise was that um, this street was subject to a heritage overlay. Um, so when they applied to council to build their brand new home, the application was rejected because it was not in keeping with the streetscape and the style of property that was trying to be retained um, along there. So they could have done a, um, a significant renovation to the existing dwelling and kept the front facade um, and basically built a brand new home behind it. But they wanted a, a modern home with a modern facade and, and some architecturally designed features. So really they weren't able to do what they wanted to to, to that property on that site. They were quite fortunate in one regard in that the market had moved over the time since purchase, so that was quite good. And we were um, able to sell the property and cover the purchasing and holding and selling costs. Um, so it, it wasn't too bad for them, but it really does show that you do need to do your homework as with any property purchase, before you go down that um, acquisition path. So that's about it for this week's episode. Thank you for joining me for episode six of the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. As always, please feel free to share the podcast with family and friends. We really, really would like to circulate this as much as possible. And if you would like further information on how to make rewarding property decisions, please visit our website, wakeland.com.au, and we wish you all the best with your property decisions.